Welcome to episode 133 of The Space in Between, and today we have another Another beautiful guest that is on our Nomad Collective community. Annette will be with us in just a few moments. She is our new Nomad community builder, which is so cool. I love having her. She is, well, you'll get to meet her and, and hear more about her, but she she is a networker, my friend. She talks about today webs on webs and um, yeah, anyways. You'll, you'll find out more in just a bit, but a couple things happening in Nomadland that I want to make sure that you are, you got the skinny on. So as you're hearing this now, it's been officially a month that the Dear Radiant One, my book is out in the world and it's available in stores wherever books are sold. And you too can be holding this beautiful little baby of mine in your hands or on your Kindle. It's out there, my friends, and these conversations we've been having here on the podcast the last month or so, maybe now two months, have been surrounded around different emotions because this book is my own emotional recovery story, but I also weave in the practices that helped me through my own recovery that can serve you as a transformational guide. And so today we're going to be sitting with Annette and we're going to be dancing around these ideas of loneliness of in terms of being a leader more specifically or a company or a business owner. And, um, and then also this idea of connection, building community, building connection. So we kind of play around with two of the themes that are in my book, in the shadows and the lighter emotions. And you can, uh, you can definitely find out more if you go over to the website, my website, phoebeleona.com. And another exciting thing is you just missed it. We had a virtual Dear Radiant One reading last night over at, um, at the Nomad Collective where you could have joined us, but if you didn't, that's okay. There'll be more opportunities, but we also just announced and launched Embodied Radiance Program, which is in relationship to Dear Radiant One. So as I mentioned, there is a transformational guide in the book, but if you want to dive in deeper with me on an online course, there are practices in there that go a little bit deeper through video recordings of my movement practice and um, uh, recorded meditations and just some other beautiful tools that you weren't able to put in the book. So they're more uh, multidimensional for you to dive into. So you can do that in a self-paced course, The Embodied Radiance, or you can also have a component of going in a group. So we have monthly sessions where we come together and we'll have uh, conversations and practices specifically around a theme each month. One of the themes that that shows up in the online course of a, a shadow and a light emotion. So we'll be dancing around that and seeing what's coming up for you and I'll offer you some reflection and guidance each month around those. And if you want to go even deeper with me, I will be also holding just a few spots open for a private sessions with me along that journey too. So there are a few different ways that you can take this route, and I would love to have you there and guide you in any way that makes sense for you. You can go over and again find out at thenomadcollective.org or at my website, phoebeleona.com. And speaking of guiding you, we're also 
having this beautiful program flourish, and this is what we'll talk a little bit about with the net today is creating community and connection and leaning into each other and, and this new way of really, not really new, but just really embracing this way of, of working together in community. And we're already doing that. We've been doing this at the Nomad Collective. And we want to support you if you are a guide of some kind, a heart-based guide, a facilitator, a yoga teacher, a healer, a wellness coach, a life coach, whatever it is, whatever your medicine, whatever your wisdom is that you you use to hold hold space for people and and serve the world, and you need a little support too, then I invite you into the Nomad Collective Guides program where we provide support, monthly support, where we hold weekly sessions for you to just come and kind of let Whatever is coming up for you, come into the space and we hold it. We reflect back. We, we kind of mentor you through that and, and help each other. But then I also offer practical resources for you, tangible practices, tangible um, yeah, resources to just basically make things happen in your world. So, and this is more from the business perspective. So this month in, in uh, May, we are really focusing on how to build a retreat. If you've always wanted to build a retreat, I'm going to talk to you all about the ins and outs of building retreats so you can have a successful one. Next month, we'll be looking at how to build an evergreen program. And then in the coming months, we'll be looking at how to publish a book. And maybe you can get one done at the Nomad Press with Grace Point Publishing there to take you through it uh, if you want to start a podcast. So we have all these resources, all of these experiences that I've done over my span of my own, you know, kind of professional path. And I want to offer all the wisdom, all of the knowledge that I've gained. I want to give that to you. So if you need some support, you need to, you know, kind of lean into a community, come visit us at thenomadcollective.org. And um, we're going to talk now with Annette about how to lean in and create a whole new world together. All right. We are here with Annette. And I'm just realizing that I've never said your last name before. (laughs) (laughs) It's Shruff, but you can just call me Annette Maria. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's, well, that's the funny thing is that I know, I mean, I've met you so many times. We've collaborated so many times and on social media, it's Annette and Maria, but then every once in a while I see your email or right here as I'm looking at you on Zoom. I'm saying, oh yeah, she has another last name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very secretive. (laughs) And I've never said it before. (laughs) So yes. So welcome, Annette. I'm so happy to have you here. And um, you have been a dear friend, just, I think it's like exactly a year that you and I connected and you, you found me, you came to me through the ether, AKA Facebook and (laughs) And basically had this beautiful project for Sanctuary Publishing where you brought multi-author book together. And I was one of the authors that you asked. So, and we've just had this part, what you're offering in this world and, and uh, just see where it goes today. So where are you? What are you doing right now in the world for our friends who are listening and they don't know you yet? Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And it's been exactly a year and that isn't that wild. What can happen in a year to be sitting here in this connection that we've built. So I am many things 
as right. And it's, I'm a soul embodied living through different facets of my work. So I, I live in New Jersey here in America for, we, for our global friends. And I am a somatic soul guide connecting burnt out women back to themselves and back to their body. I implement sound healing, somatic healing, energy work, as well as shamanic practices. So that's one side of my work and really honing in that you are your greatest asset and to never forget that. And then on the other side of my work, I have sanctuary publishing where I support soul-led leaders and being seen for their sacred stories and to really treat their journey as a sacred path and that writing journey as just as sacred as the experience that you've lived through already. So really honing in the, the brilliance of writing your story and then being seen for it. So I have two different sides that I get to play in and I'm always exploring other ways to play because I'm very multi-passionate and thank God for my <laughs> team that supports me through that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you actually just came on board on the Nomad team Mm-hmm. as our community, our community builder, where yeah. you're going out and doing what you do you so beautifully is networking. Um, that's a huge part of, you know, everything that you offer in this world is you know how to make these connections and which I'm super grateful for on a personal level, but, you know, you and I have made that connection, but then also you've connected me to all these other beautiful people doing amazing things in the world. Uh, but yeah, so you're kind of going out into nomad land and gathering different guides that can bring in more of what we're offering to uh, to our community. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And that's one of my superpowers. I think I have a few, but that's one of them is really bringing in the right people to um, support a space to flourish, right? That building of community for me, I know is a big part of my mission here and creating the structure, right? But you've created that structure. But then another component is also growing the community and, you know, facilitating that. So I'm excited to support that because there's nothing that lights me up more than seeing someone shine right in their space that they should be in. Um, And yeah, and just makes me very excited. Uh, And it makes me very excited too, because I, I, I think that's a super, I love that you said superpower and I want to hear more about your other superpowers, but I find that that is a superpower of mine too, but I also have this other superpower of being a creative and that's, what's been really lighting me up recently. And I feel like I need to put all of my energy into creating different experiences right now. And so I need somebody like you who has that as a superpower and is like ready to lean into it. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is this idea of like healing. You said, I loved what you said when we we're talking off um, before we started to record is your healing through collaboration. So um, I love to explore that, but also before we do, what are your other superpowers? Mm. <laughs> One of them is being able to read and acknowledge other people's nervous systems right before they maybe even fully formulate into words what they're feeling already reading the body in that way. So that's definitely a gift of mine as well as I'm an investigator with a loving magnifying glass that gets to the root of the issue. I'm like, all right, fluff, 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 what's actually happening. Um, (laughs) So I'm always the person that is like looking for the clarity because I find clarity to be very sexy. And if something feels kind of convoluted or not to the point of um, 
resonance or to that like um, root point, I know that there's more. So I'm going to say top three superpowers, reading the nervous system, getting to the root and acknowledging your gifts and connecting you to the right people and the right places and Mm -hmm. things to make those grow and shine and to support you on living this life of, I call it webs on webs on webs, right? We never know where connection and opportunity will take it or take us. It's just about saying yes to growing the web of possibility. Mm, I love that. Love it. I love it. So we're going to explore this idea of healing through connection. So what, like, where did that seed come from? Mm, Truly, it just dropped in here, but it didn't just drop in. I've been working on healing through collaboration for probably since when I first started these multi-author book projects, really. But Mm -hmm. through my own one-on-one interactions that I've built prior to Sanctuary Publishing and really honing in on these relationships in a deeper way. And then the other ways collaboration has helped me in my life and just connections really as well. Collaborations, not just in business, but in personal life, right? In partnerships, partnerships are also collaboration. Um, Prior to that, I realized I was going about collaborating or connecting with people now in the business kind of lens of in a not really clear way of not really knowing what are my strengths? What are these other person's strengths? Mm -hmm. Are we just kind of doing this to hope it works for the both of us? Right. (laughs) Or are we actually doing it because we can both support one another, right. In a way Mm -hmm. that is actually allowing each of us to shine rather than letting, making one person feel like, Oh, I can't actually shine in that way because that's her strength. And I think that's a big component that we can dive into of, we're not meant to collaborate and connect with everybody. We're not, mm, right? We're so not true. meant to grow in partnerships with everyone. We're just definitely, we're not. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, where the seed has planted of really witnessing myself making connections that actually weren't moving me in the place that I wanted to move forward in. It just kind of, I always felt kind of stuck after. And I was like, huh, this doesn't feel this doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I, I think I want to said like, you can, you don't have to collaborate with everybody. And I also feel that you can, but there's also a time and place where it's just, you know, that path is now diverting somewhere else. Right. Cause I feel like I've had these really beautiful times, like a pocket of times and space working and collaborating with each other but then all of a sudden it just feels like our sacred contract was over and it was like, okay, we're going this direction. You're going in this direction too. Right. So just to kind of speak into that a little bit more as well. Yeah. Um, and I just want to touch on something there. I think that's something really important in partnership is to acknowledge that it's not fine. It's not um, each person has their own path. Right. So oftentimes we're like, this is it forever. And we get really attached to this is going to be it for life. Right. And, or for however long. And if we really acknowledge, instead of having this like codependent grip on each other, if we acknowledge that we actually are two separate entities that are dancing together right now, and that at some point one person may need to go in another direction but to let them be set free, right? And if it allows them to shine in their zone, right? If it allows them to really um, 
be seen in that way, why would we want to keep them stuck and keep them from not being able to shine their light? So that flexibility is part of the healing as well, I think. Yeah. And I so agree. And I kind of want to go back a little bit because like what we're talking about is just somebody who is doing the healing within that collaboration, but has also done a lot of their own inner work too, to be able to see, okay, for this person to shine or for me to shine, we have to continue our path in a different direction. But that takes a lot of, a lot of other inner work. So let's go back a little bit further because we were talking about this idea of loneliness and, and trust or, or maybe distrust before we even get to these, you know, opportunities to co-collaborate. So I'm curious because when we were chatting just before we started court, it, we were talking about, yes, collaborations, even the, like back in school, they had to like do so group projects and you ended up doing everything yourself. Like, let's take us back to maybe a little on the personal side of Annette's, Annette's story of oh, collaboration sweet. and what that looked like when you were a kid. <laughs> sweet little Annette. Oh, that. lack thereof. <laughs> That, that girl, um, that sweet girl, um, she, yes. she, I think, always felt like she had to prove herself in the world and to really be like, mm-hmm. either prove herself or hide. It was one or the other. It was really an interesting <laughs> game that she always had, depending on where she was. Um, but I think at school is a place that she felt safe um, for the most part. So I remember being a kid and always getting put into groups and you know, you're at a group project and the teacher's like, you know, whose person taking notes, that person's in charge or whatever. And then that person's going to be the one that hands it in and whatever, you know, those types of things. And you can just, I, maybe just even as a child, just, you could feel everyone just being like avoiding and being like, is anyone else going to do it? Right. And just to kind of wash, like kind of pushing away from what we're doing. And I think I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know if I can curse on here, but I just did. Uh, (laughs) I was like, you know, why are we avoiding this? So I would always be the one that's like, I'll be the leader because I also didn't trust that someone else would take control. Right. So I took control because I was in a space in my life, especially as a child where I always had to be the one that led or else things would get washy, not done, you know, not taken care of fully. So I would take control from a place of wanting to lead, but then also to not, not trusting people and that form of leadership, you know, let's say like in high school or in college, even that form of leadership just kind of breaks the group dynamic and makes it and just makes it kind of not possible for each other to shine because there's already a sense of distrust from the leader, which was normally me. Oh my God. You're so my mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I think we need that already. <laughs> we both we did. <laughs> yeah. We both figured that out a while ago, but yeah, just hearing you say that, I mean, little Phoebe and little Annette, he's in a pod, you know, she was, little Phoebe was always in charge, especially when it comes to dance projects. Like I loved creating dances and when people came over, but also in school too, it was like, I don't want to be in charge, but I know nobody else is going to step mm-hmm. it up. And I, and I felt like I always had this like mantra of like, I got this, like, oh, I got this. Like I can handle this. This is mm-hmm. easy, even though I don't want to do it. And then there was also like what you said, reason, um, distrust. I also felt like there was a bit of resentment too mm-hmm. for me on my side of things of like, 
you know, that distrust, but like, also like, they're not going to do this. Like you're already telling that story of like, they're not going to really step it up. Right. Already casting, already casting that like net on the group of like needing to like, uh, right. And it's interesting as children that we were doing this or teenagers casting the net of reinforcing the belief within ourselves that we need to do everything. We need to Mm -hmm. take control or else no one else around us will. And I think that's a major wound for us leaders at some point in the process. So, yeah, yeah. That's a whole study to look at like leaders and the trauma that they endured as a child. Cause I know like you both, you both of us have, have had to do that just very much in our personal life of like, we just have to keep going. Right. So that's so interesting. So where, like, what was your process? Like, where did you realize, okay, um, this is always happening. Like, was it, were you seeing it as like, this is happening to me. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I'm responsible here. And you made that kind of shift or whatever, whatever that might look like for you in that space. Transformation. Um, Process you mean in like, in collaborative settings, you're meaning of when I realized yeah. something needed to change or I needed to change really in the space? Yeah. Like for me, I was constantly like, oh my gosh, why am I with this group, this kind of group again? Right. And then I realized, oh, actually <laughs> the common denominator here is me. So I think for me, there was I think there's a lot of frustration and a lot of resentment that I would swallow, swallow, swallow. Um, that was part of it too. I wouldn't like vocalize it and be like, Hey, you guys need to pick up the slack, whatever. I just swallowed it and was like, don't worry. I'll, t- I'll do it. You don't want to do that. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. So then I started to like basically be in that sense of drowning in, in mm-hmm. things until I just became the person that was like, I'm not doing it. Just kind of numbed out in group settings and just pushed it away and was like, I don't know if someone else take care of this. So I think that was definitely my process for so long of just continuing to, to try to connect to people in a way that wasn't supportive for others. And then feeling like I needed to just pull back. And then that pullback brought me into like the misindependent type energy that like, I don't need anybody. I can do everything myself. Like no, no support. No, no one. I have me. And really that got me through such so beautifully, you know, especially in college and early twenties, but I had to drop that story as well. And I think that's when we start to walk towards healing through connection and collaboration part of that is dropping that energy that you need to do everything yourself, that all the weight is on you. Um, because that is what's actually hindering your ability to truly connect with other people. And it hindered my ability to connect with other people, but I needed to do that to keep myself safe in that moment for whatever reason I needed to at that time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like again, you're, my mirror. I feel that that same thing, like in the group, controlling the group, and then all, and then just pulling back and just saying, okay, I'm just going to be and I'm going to do this all myself. And then finding, it sounds like you, what you did was you found some sort of common ground for yourself and, and being in spaces with other people. 
Mm, yeah. And something when you were saying as well, so I remember I would like ask the teacher always like, do I need to do this in the group or can I just do this myself? Like there got a point where I was just like, can I just take care of the projects alone? Um, so that memory just kind of dropped in in like high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then that maybe we should touch on a little bit of that, like misindependent energy and like why, because mm-hmm. that's oftentimes like what we, where we're coming from in some form, misindependent yeah. or like, Mr. I don't need, you know, I can do everything. I'm in control. Like I got this. Yeah. I got this. No one else needs to have this um, kind of entrepreneur syndrome as well. Like when we mm-hmm. um, feel like we need to take it all on and we can't delegate it and, you know, move in that way. Yeah. Oh, I have to talk about that. And also this, like how lonely it is. And cause I, I found you're touching on started nomad no and nomad's been around we're all gonna hit eight years this year and I feel like it was just it was yeah woohoo and I did I and I did all of those stages and and it wasn't that linear it would actually kind of like shift back and forth because I was you know doing a little bit of inner work and then I was like nope not ready okay I'm still misindependent and but it wasn't until like I think it was like two or three years like right before the pandemic where I was like I can't do this alone and I don't want to do this alone. And so I really have to hold myself accountable and trust people. Cause I think that was the biggest thing for me was this trust idea and, and just lean in. And like, if I fall or if we fall as a group, that's okay. Like, but I just need to strengthen that muscle. And so, you know, went through that kind of like energy gym yeah, <laughs> and strengthening yeah. all these different, you know, leadership muscles. Absolutely. So because I realized I didn't want to be lonely anymore. And I was creating my own loneliness in all of that, like whatever role I was playing, I still was like, ended up feeling like here I am alone. And that was the story that I was telling myself. Um, And yeah, I think once I really committed to this is a group effort, this is a collective, this is community. I have to really lean in and trust the community, the collective. Mm-hmm. and, and I don't want it and I don't want to do this alone. And so things really started to shift dramatically when, when I leaned into that and, and I don't feel alone anymore. Like I have this beautiful community where what I said in the the session that you weren't there yet the other day was like, it used to be my dream, like, Oh, nomad, here's my dream. And I had these people stepping in, they were like helping Phoebe's dream, but this is really our dream. Like, what's your dream? And that. what's Leah's dream what's Coco's dream and like how are we collectively making that our dream together instead of like people helping me so that was a little bit of my process too yeah absolutely and I love that the way you walk through that right and it's not always linear right sometimes we we try to maybe put ourselves out there and then it's like nope that's not working or you know and also a component I wanted to touch on is from that desire from going from loneliness to wanting to trust others is is before we can trust others we have to trust ourselves yes we have to trust that we're going to speak up for our needs right we need to start developing those habits within us that then when we go into partnership we can then even grow those habits even greater so for me I think a key component with connection is making sure that your needs are met by you and mm-hmm. that 
you know, so the first thing is like, no one can read your mind, right? Speaking up (laughs) if something is off or if you feel, if you're feeling like you need to speak about something or you need to get clearer on something or you don't like, you know, I said something like not meeting on Zoom all the time. You want to have a phone call, right? Like if you have needs that you're feeling inside and not vocalizing, like that's that first component for yourself as well to acknowledge what your own needs are and to, to speak those into the space once you're with other people, but for first to speak them to yourself. And it's like speaking your needs. And then from those needs usually comes needing to set some boundaries with yourself um, and trusting that you're going to Sometimes the boundaries may get a little watery, right? They're not going to always be rigid, but trusting that you can hold yourself in the bounds that you set up for your needs that you're setting forth. And then acknowledging when you yourself aren't meeting your own needs or aren't, you know, meeting your own boundaries. And I think having that like foundation within yourself can then help you then bring those tools into partnership because it's the same thing with other people. Um, But yeah, I wanted to add that in there as well. Kind of like a bridge to get to starting to trust yourself from feeling like this lone wolf, like I need to do it myself. And of course, as well with those steps is there's layers within you. There may be trauma, beliefs, programming, conditioning that has made you feel that way. And this work isn't gentle and just like, oh, it's no big deal to go into this. This is some deep, you know, core wound work that you would be working with here. So knowing even in that token, if you're like, oh my God, I need support to even get into there, right? Speaking up for your needs is the beginning. Mm. (laughs) When you were just speaking, I was thinking like what came through as being an entrepreneur is like a shamanic journey. It really fucking is. If someone told me that this, I have evolved and grown as a human being these past three years, this would have probably taken me 20 years to land in the space that I feel in right now. But entrepreneurship, you have nowhere to hide from yourself. Everything is reflecting back to you. Your external environment, if you're not liking your results, well, guess what? There's probably something within you that's not clicking. Um, Something within you that you may be avoiding, right? Or when things are going really good, you're like, yeah, I got myself. I can do this. So it's this ebb and flow. And for me, it's just the full spectrum human experience. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, why I signed up for this path, because I've wanted to leave this path multiple times, by the way. Um, But I think that's why I've (laughs) signed up for this path, because of its full spectrum, like fruitfulness that it allows for us. And it's not a common place that many of us get to live in. Um, or have been shown like this is a safe place to live in. So maybe that's why a lot of us are like, let's get out of here. It's safer on the other side. But really, yeah, yeah. that's another story. That's a whole nother falsity. But yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. And I'm thinking of like what you were saying about little Annette, where she was, what did you say? You like she was there, like leading or hiding. Is that what yeah. you said? She's yep. either leading or hiding. And I feel like that is like an entrepreneur. That's where we're doing like, okay, I have to be a leader today, but oh, no, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. 
even if we don't want to, we made this, we we took this, made this choice, right? I mean, we can always leave it if we wanted to, but we've made this choice. We're committed to it. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a shamanic and that, journey. And I, I didn't really <laughs> think about it until we we're just speaking. <laughs> oh yeah. I've always, I've been saying for a while, like if you really want to evolve yourself spiritually, just be, open your own business, sign yourself yeah. up. Um, because that is, that for me has been the quickening as well as I think just life right now um, and the current energetics of the world. But, but then also on the other token, there are people who don't, right, who step on to the entrepreneur path and are thriving in their business, but have no idea what's going on within themselves. So I think it depends mm-hmm. the type of entrepreneurship yeah. that you're facilitating. If your business is heart-centered, yeah. soul-centered, there's nowhere to hide. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to kind of shine light in that space because True. you can be an entrepreneur yeah. in many areas and not have that shamanic dance that we've been going through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's particular to like service heart-based business, right? Um, because, you know, if you have a pr- like a physical product and you have a sales team, then you don't, yeah, you don't have to do all of this work necessarily internally yeah that's so true um so what do you envision this idea of healing through collaboration now we kind of talked about how we got to this point as leaders so what are you envisioning like the bigger vision of collaborations and this layer these layers of healing what do you see for us It's a grand vision to hold, but I hold it fiercely Mm. for all of us. The first token here is to acknowledge that we are all, yes, we're all one, but we're all separate beings as well, right? We all have Mm. our own needs and truths. So the first vision, the first layer to this vision, I've never articulated this also, so we'll see what comes through. But the first layer to this vision is to acknowledge that each person has their own truth and to not try and make someone right or wrong for what they're feeling, but to learn how to fiercely hold one another when someone speaks their truth. And then with that is individuals who know how to self-regulate, who know how to hold themselves, love themselves, who know how to take care of themselves. So from that space, we can step into partnerships where we could show up as a whole being rather than thinking the person outside of us is going to give us something or Mm -hmm. save us in some way. So that's that first layer of honoring, truly fiercely honoring one another. And sometimes we're not going to like what the other person has to say. And that's besides the point. It's their truth. Um, And to learn how to honor that. So that's the first layer. The second layer is knowing that everyone, even if your work may be similar, that we all shine light in a different way. So maybe you don't, it's about dropping that energy of competition and really stepping into an energy of co-creation in the way of really acknowledging what is your zone of genius, maybe even what lights you up because that can shift and alter as you you flow so what lights you up as an individual and own it fucking own it if you hate making camera graphics stop fucking making them if you 
Hey, <laughs> if you hate, <laughs> if you hate taking care of the taxes or if you hate, um, if you want to be the person that sits more in like that spiritual channeling state, is there someone there that can do more of that tangible work? Right. However it is mm-hmm. owning what you love and just authentically for you. And then that third layer here is to learn how to flow, to stop, to drop the sense of rigidity in partnership and to learn that that person also is made of mostly water as yourself and Mm -hmm. that we are going to flow. So if there's a point where someone for, especially yourself, or if there's a point where maybe you hated making Canva graphics, but now you really would love to take that over learning how Mm -hmm. to again, use those tools that you had to bring you here to speak up for yourself and to say, you know what, I'm feeling this shift within me. Or if you're feeling that you need to step away to leave a partnership, to leave a a business, a collaboration, own it. Right. So thank you for letting me walk through that. But there's the three layers there. Owning each other's truths, um, speaking like really owning your genius in a, a passionate, like authentic way, unapologetic way. And then the third mm-hmm. is the fluidity. And with that comes the acceptance that everyone's on their own path. I love that we just walked you, you just talked it through. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's now been trademarked on the space in between. <laughs> Look, I have a little stamp on here. I'm just going to stamp it. There we it. go. Stamp it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll coin the phrase around like the three layers of healing in collaboration by Annette. Maria. Love Maria or Maria? I'm so happy. Maria. Yeah. yeah. Maria. Yeah. Done. And another thing, right? <laughs> that can happen. Not another layer because I think there's just three layers. But another thing is yeah. from this conversation, from our ability yeah. to connect and to hold one another, we have now been able, like I've been able to sharpen my own tool to land in a deeper truth for myself for, from you yeah. allowing me to have the space with you today to talk on this podcast. So it's like, this is the potential of being in a truly collaborative relationship with another is that you get to know yourself more and more in such a fun, fun way Sometimes it could be a little scary, but mostly it's a fun way. We're like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there. Um, So thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yo, you're welcome. I I think that's one of my superpowers is I know how to hold space for people to let them kind of dance around. And then once I'll just like have something in there, like, like, what about this? Mm -hmm. With a little bit of spice. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, what you were, what I wanted, you were touching on, I think it was in layer two, was this idea of letting go of competition to make space for co-creation. And I would love to talk about that because something, actually, now I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure if you and I had a, a direct conversation about this, but I did with Aaliyah, who's also on our mm-hmm. Nomad team, of how I'm so kind of sick of social media in that how it's created this, this feeling of competition with other business owners and facilitators and healers and teachers out there and coaches, really more specifically coaches. It's like 
we're all just like competing for space and time on that news feed, right? Um, have we talked about that a little bit? I don't think so, but we've talked okay. about many things. <laughs> but I know that you have feelings around it too. So I'd love to explore this idea of how can we break down those, like that. that's a system, that's a structure that's out there, right? And whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, that's already something that's set up that people are utilizing that does have this kind of sense of, yeah, you're competing. You might not say I'm competing for your business, right? Like you and I are doing similar things, but I don't feel for you and I that we're competing because we both do it in this really beautiful way. But there does like feel like there's sometimes this energy on social media that's like people are competing for each other's time and space and money or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to know your thought around that and any ideas on how we can shift that way of what's already there and make it more of a co-creative experience or, or maybe com- something completely different. Yeah. I think for me, the first thing that comes in is yes, there's that competition, but there's also a lot of imitation that happens first. So it's like this, mm-hmm. this, this copy and paste from one another, um, Truly what I think what comes from when you feel like you're in competition is because, and I felt like this at some points when I first started for sure, because I was trying to do it like everyone else. I was trying to show up online like everyone else. So with trying, right. And with that came me looking around to everyone else, looking around to my mentors and being like, so what am I supposed to do next? Okay. And if it didn't, you know, if that didn't work out, I'm like, well, what the fuck, you know, um, So I think that's a part of it is to acknowledge when we are trying to, to copy and to imitate others and Mm -hmm. to know like that is a common thing that happens. Like I was actually thinking about this this morning, this may be strange, but um, we have a dog that comes over all the time. He's just a free range guy. His name is Carlos. He literally takes himself on walks. He's pretty kind of like, he's like my soul animal. It feels like when he's around. Oh my God. I love it. And this morning he he came over to play with our dog because he does that at his time. And he taught my dog how to pee with his leg up. My dog always kind of peed like a girl, but he actually, he would always pee with his leg up. And now Max, our dog pees with his leg up because he like (laughs) copied, he saw what he saw, what he saw and started to copy it. So it's, you know, but so that's like a... (laughs) One token of it that it's an innate thing for us to when we feel new at something, right? We're babies in the world and be like, what's mom and dad got for us? It's a fucking normal process. I curse a lot. So let me know if that's not Uh, okay. Oh, no, it's totally fine. And then, especially in the world of art, my partner is an artist and it's not about copying another person's artwork but there's inspiration that could be found from someone so if you feel the desire to copy someone there's probably you're just being inspired by them so looking at someone's work Mm -hmm. as more of an inspiration rather than an opportunity to hook it and to take it away because that's what happens when we start to compete we try to take away someone's authentic way of being because it probably triggers us in some way. Like, why can't I feel that authentic? Why can't I show up in a way that feels that good? You know? So that's a first layer of the conversation that is, is here for us is that imitation. Um, And then 
And then the the second is that energy of scarcity, thinking that mm-hmm. it feels like finite, right? You maybe only see a few people on social media yourself through your news feed if you're only like pop in here and there. And you're like, oh my God, if I don't like scream and yell from the rooftops all the time, then no one's going to see me. So this energy of like scarcity and needing to always be. Um, so I think those layers is what creates competition and then how to lead it. First, I want to see if you have anything you want to share before we kind of go into how to lead it into co-creation. Oh, okay. Um, there was something that came through and I'm, I'm forgetting it, but I think I love what you just said about the copy specifically, but then how we can see that as inspiration, because I think that's where something's getting lost in translation, especially in this, like kind of looking in our world, like the service world, a heartbeat service world. And the, like specifically the, the like label of coach is that there's so many of these, like get your six figure business. Just they're essentially saying copy and paste these five steps or whatever, you know, steps. And it, it is, it's taking that inspiration out of it, completely out of it. Like what you said, and, and there's no creation itself. There's no like authenticity it's like no literally here's a template from canva do these five steps you know put yourself out there create this you know program right it might be like your content but it's really just this and it's taken out the inspiration any sort of innovation and it has led to this place of like six figures kind of goes to this place of yeah I could make that but anything under that is scarcity like I have to do this because I just invested all this x y and z money into this program and like my ass is on the line now. Right. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's like this cycle that create, it's like self-petuating yeah. in a sense. Um, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. What, what was that? You're welcome for sharing that. Well, no, I've been making a joke that I want to do one of the, cause I, I really, I feel for the people and I, maybe they're enjoying it, but like this would kill me inside if I had to do that like videos where you're dancing around and pointing at words mm. and like telling you to like sign up for this course. And I'm like, Oh my God, everything inside of me. Cause you know, I, I'm a dancer. I love dancing. I love, I do like little dances on social media, but like, if it's like turning into this, like pointing at words to sell mm. my, you know, whatever I'm like, Oh God, that feels so. And that's my own stuff, I guess. But I'm like, I see that all the time. I'll go into Instagram and I'll see like six things right in a row of, you know, the same kind of situation. So I want to do a joking one. Like, are you sick of doing this? Let's do something different. <laughs> but that's <laughs> your just, truth. You know, and then get rid of the words. Yeah. But that's yeah. your truth. Right. And that's beautiful. And I think, yeah. Yeah. you know, how I love, how I said in the beginning, how I'm always looking at the root of what's actually happening here. That's something I've been kind of observing a lot yeah. and observing within myself of the mm-hmm. manipulation and the control yes. in the coaching industry. But that's like a whole, it's literally a whole yes. book that's coming through, which is definitely <laughs> edgy as hell for me, but it feels really important. And, but I think you need to write it. I will, that, I will write a forward or something. Oh, call you later. <laughs> call you after <laughs> Um, something there to, that I want to mention is how you were saying that copy and paste thing, like the six figures do it my way type thing. For me, when I see that, I see an inherent distrust in the clients that as a leader, you don't trust the client 
or the other people around us, right? Like that, that leader in a high school program, like in a high school group project, that's like, I need to do it for all of us here. I'll give you the worksheet. You, then you'll pass. Inherently, we're not Mm. able to trust the people around us for them to shine, for their truth to, to be right. If you, I know for me, like I have a truth of like, I don't really want to run a social media based business. I want to operate in person business. And I am just picking that in for myself. Right. It's not about like asking someone like, can I do this? Right. I know it's the truth and I'm going to lean in that way. You're like, fuck reels. Beautiful. Then let's not, (laughs) let's not even participate in that because that's not a world for, for you or me to shine in. And I think that's a component. If you are, you know, when we see that happening, uh, my favorite thing now to ask potential coaches and mentors, which I've actually leaned away from hiring any coaches and mentors yeah. in the last year to just hone in on my, um, in my business, not in like my own healing, but mainly just in my business for this time and space. Cause I need to listen to like, who am I? How can I trust yeah. myself? Um, but my favorite thing to ask is like, you know, how do you make, you know, how do you, what's the right a good way to term this how do you not take my power away in this in this journey how are you you know remind you know, working with me to figure out my truth is this you know and i think that's something important to ask when we go into mentorships like how is this going to be collaborative is this just truly like you're teaching me your way and i think that's something no one ever told me to like yeah. ask because every mentor i hired yeah usually except at one was I'm going to teach you my way. And that keeps us yeah. stuck. That keeps us all Ooh. stuck in the energy of distrust. Yeah. And then when we try and totally. go into partnerships later, we're bringing that energy yeah. of distrust. That's just keeps getting perpetuated. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that, that I, you know, my, my graduates from my various training programs, they always, well, they always joke with me because I always say, I don't want to create carbon copies here. Like I'm not here to create a copy carbon copy of how I teach or how I lead. Like I'm here to just give you some sort of system and structure, but then to actually use your own voice and use your own other knowledge. Cause I'm giving you a set amount of knowledge that I have gained, but there's also, you have your own experience and knowledge to into, you know, integrate into that too. So thank you for um, saying that. Cause that's something I truly believe in too. Is like, we can't just teach them my way, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. yeah. your way might com- dramatically change too. You might have some sort of crazy life experience and you realize that whole truth that I've been teaching and, you know, telling people that was the way, oh no, it's not even my way anymore. <laughs> that literally <laughs> happened, <laughs> that literally happened yeah. at the beginning of last year. Um, mm-hmm. I was working with the energy of Shiva. If you don't know him, he's a Hindu god of destruction. And yeah. I just kept chanting this mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, take from me what is not free. And it was just my yeah. mantra, just burning it down last year. And everything I believed when I was, you know, I think I was coined as a manifestation coach, no longer. And I was like, yeah. all right, that's not true. And I was like, shit, but I had to own that. Go to my past clients. And you're like, listen, I'm sorry if I perpetuated these things, but you know, and own it. 
own myself in that was the place I lived in. So it will happen. And it probably is maybe it's going to happen again later. I don't know. And it should happen. I mean, yeah, I'm open. Like, and that's the thing. It's about that sense of fluidity. That third layer is openness because we're also in a collaboration with the divine. So if you want to look at healing through partnerships, right, that's a partnership. And that sense of fluidity and knowing that we're being guided. Oh, Max is here. Max, I talked about you. (laughs) Yeah, you lift your leg. I heard. Congratulations. (laughs) He said, thank you. I didn't always do that. (laughs) My mom's proud. You were don't worry. Um, Amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, that sense of fluidity is such a component, such a crucial component, able to um, to you know continue to shine in your authentic way. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So you said you wanted to move into. So you wanted to talk about where we just were, but you had somewhere else you wanted to take us with healing oh, and collaboration, oh. um, our vision, our bigger vision. Oh yeah. I think we remember? were speaking, we went into a few different layers, right. But we were speaking yeah, on we did. of what the it looks cup. like, what it looks like to kind of be in competition and to be in that sense of distrust. Right. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, now let's yeah. kind of shift the lens and what it would actually look like to be in a healing partnership, you know, my vision of what it is, but how does it actually look like in implementing it and Mm -hmm. what that is? So for me, the first aspect of what it's like to implement it is it needs to be consensual on both sides. So meaning both people showing up to this collaboration or group of people, however it is, need there needs to be some structure, some parameters and agreement, however you want to do it. Contracts, I think, are beautiful. A lot of spiritual people are like weird about contracts. I think they're amazing. Um, but <laughs> but I, you know, it just lets things be really clear. There's no how I was saying, there's no like question marks in the air of how are you going to show up and how am I going to show up and really kind of setting that before you go any deeper into what's happening and the same, you know, we're talking about it from a business lens, um, but you can take this into your, you know, personal relationships. We'll keep this for the business side for now. And now it's really hitting home in that sense of, owning yourself and what your role is here. Um, so that to me is like that first layer to be able to really show up because then you're, you're going to know, okay, how am I supposed to show up here? What are my roles? What are my expectations? And then you have kind of parameters being like, Oh, I haven't been really doing that. And, you know, kind of owning that as well. So. Mm, Beautiful. Yes. Yes. I I'm a fan of contracts too. I think that, 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 it makes it, like you said, there are no question marks. Mm-hmm. Just, okay, this is this is my role. This is your role. It, and to go back to what you were saying earlier, you know, um, being about, I'm trying to remember layer, where were we in terms of layers? I think it was the, just the inner work that you have to do as a leader. You were talking about boundaries and that mm-hmm. just really makes it so super clear for yourself, right? This is what I'm responsible for. This is what the person's responsible for. 
not to like point fingers, but just so that you can hold each other accountable and support each other too. Like, Hey, this was in your contract, but you're not here. Like, do we need to renegotiate? Do we need to have a, like another conversation here? Right. Right? Like it just gives us that permission to have a dialogue around it rather than it being weird. Like, I think that person said that they were going to do this, but I don't remember. Yeah. I don't have it written down or any of those things. And I think through having, and it doesn't need to be this crazy legal thing. It could be just simply stating your agreements that you're making. And those parameters let the fluidity of what's going to happen to flourish from there. Um, So then I think that, and then it's, you know, how you show up together in your partnership is also how you're going to be showing up for yourself in that process. So making sure that Again, you're doing that inner work for yourself. You're acknowledging when you have needs that you're not meeting for you, when you're acknowledging and also having those harder conversations with your collaborators, your co-creators is going to help your co-creation to thrive. And the hard conversations, meaning um, if there is something small that is starting to kind of poke at you from that other person that you're like, Normally, maybe you'd kind of push it down, 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 and then blow up at some point later, right? Can we vocalize it now and clear the air with something small before it grows into something that's just going to kind of catapult us down and being like, see, this is why you can't work with people, right? Seeing how we perpetuate our own cycle of looking at it and being like, well, I actually felt this for the past four months and I didn't say anything. And that's my thing. That's my space of ownership. So I think that, you know, the sec, you know, there's not really like steps in how to heal in this collaborative sense, but that it's just being in the dance of partnership with one another. And it's partnership is deeply triggering, especially ones that are healing and in a space of um, held in a space of integrity, because you're always going to, there's going to be mirrors with mm-hmm. what's happening and how you're feeling. And it's just like, you know, when you have your romantic partner, it's they're they're always kind of shining a light on where, where you're at. So it's the gift. And it's also, you know, it's the polarity of living. It lets you have that full spectrum experience, just like having your own business. So, yeah, I think that's really, for me has been part of it. And now also looking at how things have gone in the past, right? Maybe now we're at this point where you're like, all right, I've taken in all this information. I want to have partnerships and connections that really support me to grow and thrive. And before actually I get to that, another component I want to add in here is to notice that co-creations is not a place to just take. We're not just Mm -hmm. taking from someone else. Co-creations are literally co-creating. So it's a give and take. It's that infinity sign of that dance of give and receive, receive and give. It's not just about how can I take from this person, right? How can I get something here? How can I manipulate this for my growth? Because that's not at all what we're saying here. What we're saying here is how can we create a, a foundation for both people to grow and flourish together? And in a really clean and clear way, as clean and clear as we can be as humans, because we're going to fuck up sometimes. We're going to not be the super clean vessel and always speak up for ourselves. But 
if we're committed to our inner work, then we will be able to see when we're kind of out of alignment in that way. So, yeah. Mm, thank you for touching in on that. Cause yeah, you and I had a private conversation about that too, of like the, the co-creation experience where people come in with their own agenda, right? Like, Oh, this is a really great experience for me, but there's nothing being put back into the pot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's really sad to witness that. Right. Cause you're just yeah. like, wow, that, that really doesn't feel good to be on the receiving end of that, of being like, I really yeah. thought we were in this together, but really you were trying to always take something from me. And that's yeah. actually something for myself that I've been witnessing of, I've experienced this for a very long time in my, my journey of, well, my business was more part-time as well, but it was always as if other people could see this light in me and this possibility, this potential, this like this hunger to just always go and to thrive and to dream. And it was always like someone was trying to subtly manipulate it and to be like, mm. okay, um, like I've had this happen multiple times where someone would be like, you have this, okay, you're going to do this for me now. Or asking me to be a part of something that really was just for their gain, but they knew that I would move it forward. And it yeah. was really, it was really gross to witness and to really yeah. like shine light on. And I was like, oh my God, this has happened so many times. So now when I step into collaborations, I'm always like, you know, like, do we have a relationship with one another first? Do we actually know one another as humans before you go and dance with each other? Like me and Phoebe, we've been, we've had phone calls. We probably cried to yes. each other. We've met in human form. <laughs> we've, I know we've, we've supported just one another and we'd be able to witness each other as human beings, as just a relationship as friends. And then from there, it feels really good to now be able to support your vision. And then you support mine in your own way. And it's like, yeah. now I, there's like this inherent sense of trust. Right. So I think that's yeah. a major thing is before we dive in to really get to know someone, don't try to rush yourself into a collaboration and to rush yeah. yourself forward because that's part of that energy that brings the loop of, see, I can't work with anyone when you rush in. And yeah. if you really let yourself kind of sit in what is happening in your relationship and be like, you know what, it would feel really good to work with you. How can I support you? Right. From there, that to me has been the places that are, can be the most um, healing as well. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, that's something that I love about you. Cause you always go, you always ask, how can I support you? I'm like, ah, oh, that's so lovely. Not many people have said that to me. So it feels so good, but also to speak to the trust that you were saying also, um, so important too, because when somebody trusts the other, they really can be themselves, right? Like mm -hmm. you were kind of speaking from that lens of trusting to, you know, create that partnership, but also that partnership within yourself, right? If you're in a space where you can be held, you can really trust what's coming out. And that mm -hmm. way, that other person who is holding your space, like what I was saying is my superpower, right? Like I create these safe spaces where people can experience themselves. That's where that co-creative experience like comes. It's like, 
It might just be them doing something fabulous, but we held that space for them, right? Because they Mm -hmm. finally trusted, they finally felt like they were being held and seen and heard in a way that they could fully experience themselves and go, oh my gosh, I have this gift, right? Or I have this this idea that I want to bring to fruition. And now I feel like I can flourish. Mm-hmm. And that that partnership too is really beautiful. Just kind of what you said of playing that foundation of trust and just yeah. through a different lens than what you spoke to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Becoming full circle to what we spoke at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. All connected. The web on top of webs. Is that what you said before? Webs, webs on, on webs on webs. webs. I always say yeah. I'm gonna I I always say I'm gonna record like a, a rap song one day, an affirmation song about webs on webs. <laughs> I do go to the recording studio and my um my engineer does work with a lot of hip hop artists. So I'm always like, should we explore this world? I'm definitely not a hip hop artist, but there's something there. <laughs> um someday we'll get you out there. But yeah, it's and that, and that's kind of where I would love to kind of wrap this up is how can Perfect. you serve the people around you serving them from a place of just truly being like, how can I support you? Because if we lean into the energy of abundance, right, the more we give, the more we receive and the more we receive, the more we can give if we allow ourselves to be in this dance. And when we ask someone for support, it's not like I'm doing this for this effect of receiving more yeah. and noticing sometimes when that is there, cause it will be there at some point. Um, but to, to work through that on your own, but then on the other token, it's truly showing up in an open space of how can you support someone? Cause then also how can someone support you? right? This sense of reciprocity with someone else in your world to really allow each other to shine in that way. So if you, and if you're not feeling that space of reciprocity with someone else to speak up on that. And yeah, yeah, so that's where I would love to wrap this up is how can we support you? And Phoebe, I want to just give you a shout out in this moment for your book. I'm so excited for it to come in the mail and that you were able to put out this creation into the world. And I'm just, I'm so excited for um, what this is going to bring for you. Cause I actually, I want to just share, I'll give you a little love right back. Right. I wanted to share I went to an event that Phoebe held in um, in New York last year and she was reading her chapter from Cage No More. And then she also had another poet, Gisla, right? I she She's yeah. a poet. And they yeah. did this beautiful dance of supporting each other in what they were able to shine in. And Phoebe was moving and dancing. And it was literally a, a work of art that they were able to create through their dance of owning each other's gifts. And, and from that, I know that you're going to hopefully do more of these performative readings because I think that's part of your medicine. Um, but yeah, I wanted to just give you that shout out as well, because oftentimes when we're in podcasts, it's always about the guests, but let's give, the oh. host, let's give the host some love, you know? Oh, I have so much love for you. <laughs> Not just because you said all that beautiful stuff, but no, I love it. I was like, Oh wait, who's, who's hosting here now? I love it. <laughs> You're the host, but I just want to give you a little uh, love. <laughs> oh, well, I'm giving you love right back. I will receive that love, first of all. Like mm-hmm. I used to deflect and go, oh, no, no, I don't need that, right? No, but I will re- fully receive it and embrace it. So thank you, Annette. And I want to I honor you um, as just kind of tapping into 
to that conversation you just said of how you gave me so much strength to step into my own power and voice through this opportunity at Cage No More. Because you, as you came in about a year ago, I was writing my book, but I wasn't quite sure what it was going to look like, or, you know, I had it like 50,000 words at that time, but you came and you're like, here's an opportunity for 3000 words. And I was like, Oh, okay. I have to watch, I have to like pull some things out a little bit, but it gave me this confidence that, Oh, actually I can do this. So thank you for that. But also just, you know, not just for me, but for the beautiful women that were part of cage no more, you held such a beautiful space during that time. And you really did honor each of us. And I felt, I mean, I don't know their individual experiences, but I felt every time we came together that you were truly honoring each of us and our stories that we were bringing to, to life and, and just everything that, you know, our partnership since then has been so, um, just so joyous and so easy and it flows and, you know, you're constantly connecting me with people. I'm like, Oh (laughs) yes. Oh, thank you. Ah." I'm thinking, what do I need to do for Annette? Ah, we're going to, cause you just, you just make magic happen. You are a manifester. I know that Shiva told you no, but you are still a manifester. I am um, still a manifester so. <laughs> just in a different way. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. And I think it's beautiful maybe for the listener, the watcher to witness this yeah. as well is that we're actually collaborators. collaborators. We, yeah. and you can just hear how we reflect back to each other and speak to one another and, yeah. and, you know, say things. And, um, I think being able to witness healing collaborations lets it be more possible for others, right? Because the more we can see a possibility, the more we could believe it. So I am just deeply grateful and so thankful that this conversation just kind of came out of the ethers today because we didn't really know what we were, I didn't really know where we were going. Um, but now I'm so thankful that we were able to yeah. do this. So thank you. You're welcome. It's the space in between. I I never really have an agenda. Like I have like some seeds and you might've had some seeds and we just, in that space in between, we let the, let everything just unfold. So thanks for going on that journey with me. Thank Thank you, Annette. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you had a wonderful time with Annette. I really always do. And Ooh, there is just something being born in that conversation. I could feel it. And actually, once we first, when we ended the conversation and I was like, yes, I cut the seeds for my book. It's so clear. I love that. I love being able to hold that space and honor, honor somebody like Annette for through her process and, and just be able to, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And that's why I love this podcast so much because I've had, I get to have so many beautiful conversations like we just did with Annette. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we'll end up those conversations go, man, I wish that we recorded that. And that's what this podcast is. We're getting to have really authentic, deep conversations and you get to be the fly on the wall. (laughs) So if you enjoy these conversations, if you know somebody who also would like to hear this conversation, share it, please, please. This is, we exist because you see us, you hear us, and you also help us spread the good word. So let people know and, you know, subscribe to it. Give us a review, give us a thumbs up, whatever is at that app that you're listening to us now, a star, whatever it might be. 
And also I invite you to lean in and support us. It's just $11 a month to support this Space In Between podcast where we come to you every week ad-free. We bring in awesome guests. We do some great little editing here to make sure that things run smoothly for your experience here. And um, and what we give in return is not just this podcast, but we invite you into some awesome events that are happening in our community virtually at the Nomad Collective. So you get a few invites a month to attend and we get to learn about you and, and guide you through your own journey. So I would love to meet you and have an experience with you soon. So go ahead and visit thenomadcollective.org and let's make it happen, my friends. Have a beautiful day.